What is going on, Sun Conference listeners? My name is Reagan Harrell. Welcome to episode two of Suncast. Uh, so I'm going to start off thanking everybody for sticking with episode one, coming back episode two. If this is your first episode you listen to, hey, awesome. It's the first episode where we will be recapping action that has just happened across the Sun Conference. It was truly an action-packed weekend. took me forever to get everything uh, written up, what, uh, read the stories of what happened, the huge stories out of the weekend, first off coming out of West Palm Beach, St. Thomas, they completed the sweep at Kaiser this weekend. A lot happened, uh, beach volleyball, softball, we're going to get all into it, but first we want to welcome our very first sponsor, I thank Elberon, this is for all of our Weber students and whoever comes to Weber. Elberon is uh, it's a little food truck right by Minimax, right across from Weber's campus. They have the best protein chicken bowls. Uh, empanadas, whatever uh, you, Brazilian food you like is awesome. Go there, check it out. All right, now we got that out of the way. Let's get right into the weekend recap. Starting off with baseball. Big story of the week, there's no doubt about it. The top 20 matchup between the St. Thomas Bobcats and the Kaiser Seahawks. I uh, had a prediction on episode one that this series would be split one way or the other, either 2-1 St. Thomas or uh, 2-1, 2-1 to Kaiser, I was wrong. I was very wrong. St. Thomas flexed their muscles. They made their official case for being one of the top five teams in the country. They're currently 10th on NAIA ball. Now, after this performance at Kaiser, uh, it's a small field. You know, a lot of runs are scored there in West Palm Beach, but 13 to 10, and 7-6, those were the scores in games one and three. Fairly close, fairly competitive. Game two of the series, St. Thomas beats Kaiser in seven innings by a score of 19 to nothing. Jack Cawley, he went four for four. He had a pair of doubles. Uh, he went hitless the rest of the series. Um, and we'll get into more about that. The reason I think this performance from St. Thomas really showed why they are – not only one of the top teams in the Sun Conference, but in the entire nation, was it was up and down the lineup. They had guys dominate and who would have been who or who were their players of the game. All three games were separate. Separate. All three games, they had different guys come to the plate. Game two, um, you know, just like I said, it was a little bit of everybody in the Bobcat lineup. Chris Scholler, he led the way. He had four. He went four for five, five RBIs, four coming on a grand slam in the fifth when St. Thomas really opened it up. Richard Sanchez was a dog on the mound for St. Thomas. He went six scoreless uh, in game two, had 13 strikeouts. Uh, then, of course, he wasn't really – gave was in hand. By the seventh inning, they turned it over to their bullpen to finish it off there. And then game three was uh, what I thought the series was going to be like between St. Thomas and Kaiser, a 7-6 Ball game, uh, left fielder for the Seahawks, Matt Shirick. He went four for five. He had a pair of doubles, but in the top of the ninth, right after Kaiser had tied it up on a Bobcat throwing error, Chris Scholler has the RBI single, and the bullpen shut the door on the Seahawks to complete the sweep on the road. Uh, Kaiser will have a chance to redeem themselves. They host my own Weber Warriors this coming up weekend. It will be another well, I said it would be, as of right now, it is a top 25 matchup. 
I'd be a little surprised to see Kaiser still in the polls. Uh, I think they're going to drop out. I think that's going to have a chip on their shoulder, and I think the matchup between them and Weber, who will get into their sweep of Ave Maria here shortly. So we'll see. I think it'll be a good series, and <laughs> Kaiser, if they, don't, if they do not win at least two or three against Weber, their chances of going to a regional this year very well may be left up to the conference tournament play. St. Thomas, on the other hand, they will look to continue their winning streak. They head to, or excuse me, they welcome in University of South Carolina Beaufort into Miami Gardens. And speaking of USCB, they completed a sweep of their own. They entered the week um, a game within 500. Florida Memorial comes in. I talked about them. They're a spicy team. I thought they would like the other series. I thought they would be competitive, probably take one, maybe even win the series. Against the Sharks, um, unfortunately for Flomo, they entered the Palme Palmetto State a game over 500, and they left to head back to South Florida a game under. Uh, they got swept. <laughs> game one was uh, very close until the bottom of the fourth when uh, USCB asserted their absolute dominance. They scored 11 runs in a 18-4 route of Florida Memorial. Chris Sellers led the way in that game. He had a Pair of dingers, five RBIs, Brian Meyer, Kyron Russ, and Brock Thibodeau. They all had three RBIs to add on to the route in game one. Game two a lot closer, um, but it Flomo led up until the fifth inning, until in the fifth, sixth, and seventh, the USCB put up a two spot in each of those. That propelled them to an 8-4 victory. Thibodeau, Russ, and J Julian Galassi. Uh, they led the way in game two. They each had a pair of RBIs. And then in game three, it, just like the St. Thomas Kaiser series, Florida Memorial trying to not get swept. That was the best game of the bunch. Flomo played three runs in the top of the seventh, tied it at six apiece. And then Lenny Castro promptly ended his perfect day. He went three for three, had the solo shot in the, in the eighth inning, excuse me, the seventh inning. And then the USCB shut down Flomo the rest of the way to complete the sweep. Um, you know, it's going to be tough for either one of these teams to compete with the likes of how Warner's doing, Weber, obviously St. Thomas flexing their muscle, and then Southeastern being, well, just Southeastern. But USCB has now become, I think, that team that is lurking who could cause some damage. They're now above 500. They're rolling after a rough start to the season. I think this uh, – this is going to add a lot of momentum to their season, and we'll see where it goes for the Sharks from here. Weber Warriors, they joined the sweet party as the 15th ranked in the team, made their case for a top 10 spot. They swapped, they, excuse me, they, they swept the Ave Maria Gyrenes. Game one, it looked like Ave Maria came to make their case to show, hey, we are in the Sun Conference. We are a strong team, too. They put up five runs in the first two innings. Dylan Moser hit the bases clearing triple in the first inning and a Blanchard sack fly in the second made it 5-0. But after that, it was all Weber Warriors. Kenny Rodriguez, he hit a mammoth shot over the batter's eye in dead center, went about 450, and that flipped it, made the game 5-3, and it was on from there. Ty Milliner hit a two-RBI triple to tie it up. Uh, Christian Mark came around to score on a wild pitch, which there were quite a few of those in this series. And then Kenny Rodriguez would put the bow on top of 
the present that was game one victory uh, with the RBI single. The only problem with that is it came about 13 hours later. Game one was delayed. I was on the call. I was broadcasting that game. Uh, it was a beautiful day in Babson Park, and then out of nowhere, everyone in Sun Conference knows how the Florida weather is. It got to be a lightning storm, delayed the game, and we moved on to that game. We won. So that was the very beginning of nine hours of baseball played in Babson Park on Saturday. Game two of the series, it started a lot like game one. Ave went up 2 nothing. And then Weber took over from there. Luis Acevedo, he led the way going 2-4, a pair of RBIs. But one of the best things Weber did that the entire game, too, and honestly throughout the entire series, was they were very patient at the plate, drew a ton of walks. There were six in game two alone. And they showed, they showed once again why they are one of the most disciplined teams in the Sun Conference. And my pick to still win the Sun Conference, I'm still – Holding on to that one, I've bought the stock, and we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, Dylan Outlaw Martin took the hill after his absolutely stellar dominant performance against the defending champions, Georgia Gwinnett, where he went a complete game shutout, 12 strikeouts on 148 pitches. Uh, Outlaw, he did start a little bit shaky. He gave up three runs in the first three innings. Uh, I noticed after the last one, it was an RBI single center field. We missed a tag by about a half second. I just saw him punch his glove in his right hand, shake his head, and the flip was absolutely switched. Uh, Martin slammed the door shut. He set down 12 of the next 13 guyrenes that he faced, and the freshman improves the six and two of the year. And then game three, Weber flexed their muscles once again. They completed the sweep, winning 9-5. Angel Diaz led the way, and a lot like the St. Thomas and USCB lineups, it was a complete performance up and down the lineup. There was a different guy stepping up every game, every game. Um, and got, everybody was consistent with it. Just they'd, they'd have one or two guys step up. Angel Diaz was a guy in game three. Xavier Rodriguez, who uh, we had the interview with in episode one, if you did not listen to that, I highly, highly, highly recommend go back listening to it. Awesome interview with Big X. Unfortunately for him, Saturday in game three, that blister came back to bother him. He had a dominant first three innings, a shaky fourth inning, and unfortunately that was it for him on the day. Dawson Young and Gabe Dorsey came in and shut the door on Ave. Um, and Weber completes the sweep. And my take, my biggest takeaway from the weekend is St. Thomas ha- is extremely dominant. Oh, also the Southeastern Thomas series has been delayed. When I'm recording this, the best I know is uh, St. Uh, Southeastern is ahead in game one. And excuse me, they, I believe they won game one, uh, seven nothing, and they're in the middle of game two. Some rain in Thomasville, Georgia. Uh, just going to wait in here. Probably just finish that recap on the episode later of the week. But looks like Southeastern, they're on their way to winning game two and win the series and most likely go for the sweep of the Thomas University Nighthawks whenever they are able to finish that series off. Um, but as I was saying, Weber and St. Thomas, they have proven why they are top 15 teams. And when the polls come out, I think we'll have three teams officially in the top ten. Georgia Gwinnett will slide down. They took some tough losses. 
Weber's resume has gotten a lot better um, with Faulkner beating GGC and Georgia Gwinnett. So yeah, yeah, GGC, that is Georgia Gwinnett, my apologies. And Tennessee Wesleyan, number two team currently in the nation, who I think is one of the top three teams. Uh, they are my pick in a national setting to be in a semifinal scenario. And if them and Southeastern are on opposite sides of the bracket, I could very well see that being a national championship pick out in Idaho later on this spring, right before we head into the summer. Um, anyway, St. Thomas has now made their point. They are a top 17 Weber sweep. Their resume getting boosted. They swept Faulkner. Faulkner has now gotten out of their slump. They're playing very well. And I'd really love to see another series between uh, Weber and Faulkner now that Faulkner is firing on all cylinders. Obviously, Weber is too. So I think both teams will most likely find themselves in the top 10. The new rankings come out Wednesday. So we will obviously be talking about that and how all our Sun Conference teams are doing on a national scale. Speaking of Sun Conference teams on a national scale, and it was it's absolutely my apologies for not mentioning the Southeastern women. They are the only team in the Sun Conference playing basketball. I should have talked about them in episode one, but we're a little more organized now, episode two, live and learn. So Southeastern, they improved to 33-1 and one on the year. They defeat Morningside 84-79 to 79 and advance to the final four. Um, I believe we will not have any more updates on them. We will just likely go into a preview with Southeastern uh, whenever they have their Final Four appearance. And again, as I'm filming, I believe Dort University and there's another team that are playing Dort for that chance to play the Southeastern Fire, the number one team in the nation. Marta excuse me, Marta Aranda and Reagan Leinster connected on four threes each in the national quarterfinals. Angela Perry led the way for the fire with 19 points and the number one team in the nation. They're now two wins away from being a championship to Lakeland. I believe that's, that would be their first on the year. So best of luck to them, those ladies. And with that, we will get more into beach volleyball after I take a sip of water. Got to get a co-host, guys. I'm, uh, I'm doing my best. I've reached out. A couple people at different universities. Um, I want to have an interview, but if it doesn't work out, I will say by episode four, for sure, I will have a co-host. and that, It may be someone from Weber. I may choose, may decide to take this podcast in a direction where we just have, I have someone that I know I trust. But we'll see. That's something we'll talk about on a later date. However, we will get into beach volleyball right now. Uh, I do have great news. We have a Weber Beach Volleyball player that will be on the podcast. Don't want to spoil the interview, but we have that. And also another uh, Weber baseball player. I have a couple of different people on uh, the episode later this week. And so Beach Volleyball, it, there was the big one this weekend. It was the top 10 matchup. It was a Southeastern Fire, number six in the entire NAI, taking on number nine, Ave Maria. And Ave Maria, they struggled on the diamond this weekend in baseball and also softball that we'll get into in a minute. But on the beach court, they beat Southeastern 5-0 and 4-1, flexing their muscles, showing why they are the, one of the top two teams 
in the Sun Conference, Weber being third best team in the NAIA. I think NAIA were my, they are still my Sun Conference champion. Um, prediction, I'm sticking with them, but Ave Maria has made their official case. Victoria Sheen and Lily Grasso earned 21-19 and 21-11 at the four spot for the Gyrenes. Abigail Coslow and Rihanna Thomas, they rolled on. They won 21-10, 21-15 at the five spot. And then the big one, it was a top pair, top pair who we will be seeing, I'm sure, a lot of the Weber Warriors I'm talking about in the conference uh, championship. It was Lily Witkowski, Witkowski, my apologies, and Alejandra Suarez. They clinched the conference match, winning 21-17 and 21-10. Ave won their last two matches as well. They went on to win the second game, thanks to Gabriela Botaris and Mia Pena. They rallied from a loss from the third set, from the first set. And they went on to win 22-20, a thriller in that one, and then 15-9. And then the reigning Sun Conference Pair of the Week, Zilli Kessler and Katie Gross, they picked up a 21-19, 16-21, and 15-12 wins. And that actually rounded up the first match, heading to the second match. Ave started off 2-0 again with Toski and Suarez. They remained undefeated on the season. They won 23-21 and 21 13. So it does look like Southeastern did put up a fight, but Ave, you know, they closed it out. There were a lot of more three gamers or three set matches in the in uh, the second game, but still it was all all. Uh, excuse me, there's something going on outside. Like a plane's coming outside. If you hear that on the podcast, don't uh, I hear that often. Good thing. Make sure everything's okay. Uh, I sound like a plane going right over my apartment. Jesus. Hot. All the other scores we had in the Sun Conference this week for uh, Beach Volleyball was the number three team in the country, Weber International University. Don't have an article written on them to look at to do research on, but they did defeat St. Thomas 5 nothing in Florida Memorial 4-1. So just like how Ave Maria did, winning 5-0, 4-1. Uh, these are the number two teams. They have officially uh, they have officially distanced themselves from the field in the Sun Conference, and I'm extremely excited to see how we go on from here with these two teams. Uh, as I said, we're going to have a Weber Beach Volleyball player. She's going to talk a lot more about it. We're going to really dig into Beach Volleyball and the episode later this week. All right, and um, now we're going to talk about softball, Sun Conference softball, just like baseball. ton of great series, some sweeps, and just like baseball, the Kaiser Seahawks, they got swept this time by Coastal Georgia. Nothing wrong with uh, – I'm going to say nothing wrong, but Kaiser baseball and Kaiser softball, they faced two of the best teams in the Sun Conference. Coastal Georgia is a wagon, and they have not only – gained attention at the Sun Conference level. They are starting to get national recognition. It looks like they are going to have a legit shot of being national contenders. Look forward to calling the Mariners throughout the rest of the year. Hopefully we hear out of them when they are in the national tournament. Um, Mariners won game one behind the bats of Bryce Peacock 
and McCall Merritt. Peacock had an incredible game one. That she went four for four from the plate, scored four runs, pair of base hits, including a triple. Uh, Merritt, she went two for four, got an RBI, and came around to score later. And not only did Miss Bryce Peacock dominate with her bat, she dominated in the circle as well. She went seven innings, only gave up one run, and uh, Kaiser went on to win game one. And then game two was the definition of a pitcher's duel. Uh, Lizzie Small for Kaiser had a heck of a game, only gave up a pair of hits, only gave up one run the entire game, unfortunately for her and the Seahawks. That was the only run that Haley Dickerson on the mound for the Mariners needed. Going on to win one nothing in game two. Um, obviously not a lot of offense to recap, just uh, McKenzie K- Cage's RBI double. That was the only run of the game, in fact, and the bottom of the second. That was the only two hits. That back-to-back doubles for the Mariners. Lizzie Small had herself a heck of a game for the Seahawks. Unfortunately, Haley Dickerson, or unfortunately for Miss Small, Haley Dickerson and the Mariners, they come up on top. And then game three was all coastal, winning eight to one. Sarah Thinger went three for three in the game. Uh, that's her seventh multi hit game of the season. Uh, Bryce Peacock, she, was, um, she went four for four, probably the best performance out of any softball player in the Sun Conference, dominant in all three games. Or at least two, or she was dominant two or three games, did well with the glove as well in game, uh, in game two. Or she, she didn't play game two, I mean game three. Game three and games one, though, she was absolutely dominant. Um, and then going on, we talked about Weber and Thomas. They were making their case for being the second best team in the Sun Conference right now behind Coastal Georgia. And they battled it out in Babson Park this weekend. Game one, Weber extended their winning streak to 13 straight games. They crushed St. Thomas, winning 8-1. to Savannah Jacobs and Maddie Holtz had a pair of RBIs. Kayla Swenson led the way in the circle, going the distance, striking out four. Uh, game two was an uh, absolute pitcher's duel, just like in game two of Kaiser and Coastal Georgia. Lauren Carter went the distance, giving up five hits and one earned run for the Nighthawks. Um, it was a 2-1 victory for Thomas, not a lot of offense to talk about. Honestly, it was fielding errors and throwing errors that played it a pair of runs for Thomas University, and that was the difference in the game. And in the rubber matchup, it was a heck of a game. Jenna Shodowin showed out for the Warriors. She went the distance, only giving up a couple hits. Maddie Hotz's RBI double propelled Weber to the 3-0 victory. Warner took 2-3 in Miami Gardens as they took on the St. Thomas Bobcats. Royals erased a 5-0 deficit in game one to come back to win an extra inning. Six errors were the death of the Bobcats in game one, a game they easily should have won. They were ahead most of the game. And just, I mean, you can't win six errors. Baseball, softball, doesn't matter. You're not going to win that game. 
Uh, game two, saw St. Thomas repeat history and take a 5 nothing lead, but this time Erica Winter was in the circle and she shut Warner down, only allowing three hits in a complete game shutout. Warner would take the rubber series, winning 10 nothing. They returned the shutout favor as Ms. Lopez for the Warriors throws a complete game, shutout, only giving up two hits. Once again, the Bobcats' gloves uh, fail them again. They give up four errors in this game. Uh, some they definitely got to work on down there in Miami Gardens. Uh, Owen recorded a home run, her first at bat of the game, or excuse me, in the, yeah, her first at bat of the game. And in the fourth inning, Bryant single to center. Uh, a couple more singles, just a small ball from the Warner Royals. Love to see how they are not only winning with small ball, but dominating with their power as well. They get back up to 500 on the year. St. Thomas falls below 500 now. Wraps it up for softball this uh, week in the Sun Conference. Uh, heading over to tennis, Southeastern's both their men and women welcomed in coastal Georgia, make the drive down from East Georgia. Uh, both teams won for Southeastern. Men's team a little bit easier. They won 5-2. They improved to 8-3 in the year. And then Southeastern's women, they improved to 10-2 and two on the year. They very well, both teams very well have made their case to being one of the top two or three teams in the Sun Conference. Obviously, they still have Kaiser in their way. Um, I don't have anything on them. And also SCAD, we haven't talked about them yet, but they, uh, their women's team, they swept USC Sumter going 9-0 and on the day. All right, that gives, that's it for the weekend recap. I'm going to do a little bit of time traveling. I'll be right back, and we will preview in just one moment. All right, we're back, and I have time travel a little bit to give y'all uh, – I wanted to give a chance to say Southeastern's game has gone final. Uh, they were only able to play two games, uh, so they take two of three from Thomas University. Not sure how that other one will go. Southeastern was ahead in that. Um, also, there's not a ton going on right now um, between this episode that's dropping today, Tuesday, the 22nd, and the next episode that's dropping Friday the 25th. Uh, there are a couple things going on, some baseball, mostly out-of-conference games happening, uh, but nothing like our usual amount. We're, we will, instead of talking about those few games, we will just recap them on the episode next week. And so because I'm not, do, not looking at those games, we're just going to review those and not preview those. I am with one of my best friends in the world and a starting nose guard for the Weber International University Warriors. It is Noah Breakspear. Big Noah, how you doing today, brother man? Doing good. How about yourself, Regan? Man, awesome. It's always a good time uh, with you, man. You're an awesome guy. I was like, if there's, if there's a better podcast guest at Weber, uh, please send them my way. I had to have you on. Funny, big funny guy. Big funny guy Glad right to be here. here, man. Oh, yeah. So, I guess just tell, tell me, obviously I know a good bit, but just tell the audience a little bit about you and uh, your high school days. Um, the good came parts. from Jackson County, Georgia. Jackson County Comprehensive High School. I wrestled, played baseball, football. Pretty much that's about it. Um, 
state placer in wrestling my junior year. Didn't get to wrestle my senior year because I broke my foot. Yeah, so being from Georgia uh, myself, I know how big wrestling is. Obviously not as big as one of the northern states, but was football always just your number one sport? You knew you wanted to play college football, or did you ever have any interest in wrestling? Actually, my main interest and my number one sport growing up was actually ice hockey. Oh, really? Um, I always had a natural ability in it. Uh, I just it was too far from where I lived and too expensive. Yeah. And then I started playing football around the age of ten, and I uh, loved it and. I just decided right then and there that that was my dream was to play college football. Hey, you don't really hear a lot about people from Georgia, at least from, I'm from the southern part, you're from the northern part, so maybe it's a little bit more uh, relevant there, but did you, were, you, were you playing in Georgia or did you have to travel somewhere for that? I played in Georgia. It was about an hour away from where I lived, a little uh, ice form in Duluth, Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously I don't think there's much hockey other than in Tampa and Sunshine, Florida, and the Sunshine State. But, you know, it's awesome to hear just – I've always loved hockey. I'm sure there's a lot of Panthers fans and uh, Lightning fans, probably some other like Carolina. You're a Penguins fan. Yes, you know, just yes, I am. All over. But uh, so how did you hear about Weber? Were there any other teams in the Sun Conference looking at you to play um, football? Actually, I started off with a couple offers from a couple D3s. Uh, LaGrange College um, was one of them. Uh, Barry was interested in me. I just didn't have the scores on my SAT to get in there. <laughs> Barry's tough. Barry's a tough academic school. Yeah, but uh, I've always wanted to play football in Florida and go to school in Florida. And I reached out to Warner first, and they just said they weren't looking for any D linemen. And that's when Coach Davis at the time uh, – the recruiting coordinator and D-line coach for Weber at the time, he reached out to me. I sent him my film and um, asked me to come down for a visit. And then two weeks after the visit, I got an offer. And I said right then and there that I was coming to play at Weber. That's awesome. It's kind of similar with mine. I was in contact with uh, Southeastern and Warner. I was actually uh, – Warner talked to me. Some come out of high school, end up going to Missouri – and uh, if you've ever lived in Missouri for a couple of years, it will make you want to head back down south into some warmer weather. And I know when I entered the transfer portal that I wanted to go to a school in the Sun, uh, Sunshine State. Was blessed to go to a school in the Sun Conference in Weber, meeting you, a lot of other uh, guys out there. Shout out to a bunch of boys at uh, Weber. Anybody you to give a shout out to? Weber. Uh, Rocky Chandler. Yeah, give them boy Cody. Cody. Jay, all y'all boys love. Peace and love. Um, so, Weber, we, um, let's be honest, we struggled a little bit last year going two we and sure eight. Did. Yes. First year under Eric Patochny, uh, new head coach for Weber. Gotta say, it seemed like the defense was solid. Um, the offense, when it caught fire at the end of the year, uh, beating Faulkner, who was top 20 at the time, just something about Weber beating a ranked uh, Faulkner team. It just seems right. Baseball's done it. Now football did it. Um, you know, I obviously turned our season around. Um, a tough loss against Florida Memorial. And then in the late Calusa Classic against our big rivals, the Warner 
Royals. What was the final score of that game again? 72-28, I believe. I believe that's right. 72-28 to get the trophy back with the good guys. So, what are your expectations for this Weber team as we head into the 2022 season? My expectations, uh, looking at our schedule, I think we could finish on top of the Sun Conference or at least our division in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got tough opponents with Southeastern, Faulkner, Kaiser. They're, you know, three of the best. St. Thomas, another one. But looking back on last year, um, I think we should have pulled out wins against those teams last year. We just fell short in the fourth quarter. We got too down on ourselves yeah. whenever uh, they would go up a score. And it was like the team morale just went down total. But uh, this year, uh, I think we have a much bigger bond, a much closer bond with everyone. I think we're coming together as an actual team this year. Um, we got some great guys that we just signed, um, great guys that came in, great guys returning. Uh, mainly, most of our starters are returning from last year, so yeah. that's looking good. Um, I just I expect big things from us this year, and you know, go Weber. Go Weber! I couldn't agree with you more. It seemed like last year it was um, a younger group. This year it's got another year of college football under its belt. A lot of returning talent. Um, the team morale. I think we've improved a lot on that. We've uh, bought into Coach P's and everything it's just coming from straight weber some uh you know kaiser southeastern guys you may be listening you come on and have your take but i think we will be one of the top two or three teams in the sun conference this year and when it's all said and done i think there's a very real chance that last game of the year played at heart of florida field or excuse me hard part has baseball playing in babson park at warrior turf against Kaiser University, it, there's a real chance that is for the Sun Conference title. 100%. Uh, I do believe that we could easily go undefeated up mm-hmm. until Kaiser, and that game will determine if we win the conference and make playoffs. For Absolutely. Sure. And I think you give us one game to win with this group at home, and the rumors are there that could be a night game. Don't know the truth behind that, but just from – what I've heard, the possibilities of that being a night game in Babson Park, uh, I wouldn't bet against us. I'll just I, I'll leave it at that. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, we got some great guys returning. Uh, and remember last year, uh, a lot of our older O-linemen were injured and Absolutely. a bunch of freshmen were starting for us on the O-line and mm-hmm. uh, they held it down. They did more than what they were expected to. And... Um, I think next year they're bigger, stronger. A lot of them got faster, I think. A year of college football uh, under their belt is just that experience. Um, You said we faded a lot in the fourth quarter, which, yes, we did. Uh, Something that I think has helped that a lot is the hiring of our new safeties coach and our strength and conditioning coordinator, Coach Craig. Correction, D-line coach. He oh, he's D-line switched. now. Yes. Oh, I did not know that. Um, okay. Because our old Breaking D-line news. coach, Carp, uh, Brett Carpenter, he uh, decided that, you know, it was time for him to move on. But uh, we got a great coach in Coach Craig. Our strength program has never looked better. Um, he really pushes us. We probably are the most conditioned team, I would say, in this conference right now. Absolutely. Um and, you know, we're getting nothing but stronger, faster, and more conditioned. So 
uh, kudos to Coach Craig. He's done a fantastic job with us. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the season. I think, once again, the Sun Conference is not only going to be one of the better conferences in the NAIA, but I think it will be the most improved conference in the NAIA. And I think a lot of that will be coming out of Babson Park with what we're going to be – the product we're going to put on the field. I'm really, really excited about it. If anybody wants to back off on fourth down and not uh, – cover a punt you know uh i'll let you sit back down yeah, yeah. for sure you I better will, be on the lookout for reagan harrell i will you that. be on the slide now, if there's any coaches listening i don't ever run with the ball i promise <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah and we're gonna have a lot more football players across the sun conference i've been in contact with a couple of guys um right now just not really looking to do that right now just so happened i wanted to add a little bit to this episode Noah's one of my best friends. He was like, of course, I want to be on the podcast with you, man. Uh, so I really appreciate you, Noah, coming on. It's been an awesome interview um, with your brother. And like I said, we're going to have a lot of other players from across the Sun Conference on. We're looking to grow this podcast, grow the Suncast. So please like, subscribe, give a shout out so we can have guys on from St. Thomas, Warner, Kaiser, um, even up the USCB and Coastal Georgia, would love to get in contact with some of Coastal Georgia's coaches and uh, players on their softball team as they've cracked the top ten. We could very well be in the top seven or five in the rankings coming out, which I believe we will get a chance to look at and review on the episode later this week. That's going to do it for me. I'm Reagan Harrell. Please uh, go follow us on Instagram at suncast underscore podcast. Thank y'all, love y'all, and have a wonderful day.